Hello, and welcome to the 17th annual award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. As always, I'm Patrick Grimian. As always, welcome to The Academy, and obviously, folks, you know know which one this is. It's a big one. Oh, man, It's, it's huge. It's the finale. We're talking the Duke, the Kentucky, the North Carolina, the juggernaut of the tournament, Sophie's Choice versus that Cinderella story, the t- the little team that could, Florence Foster Jenkins. Patrick, well, yeah, can you believe we got here? No, <laughs> For one, I, I cannot believe. I can't believe it. Uh, this is like the longest I've ever worked on anything ever. Uh, this is like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, so, I'm our, our, we both have our sanity still somehow. Somehow, even somehow. after four freaking Sophie's Choice screenings. Oh yeah, no, I've seen Sophie's. I, I'm a hundred. I think I said this in a previous podcast, but I am a hundred percent certain that there is no one on earth who has seen both. Sophie's Choice and Florence Foster Jenkins as much as us. I know there are people that have seen Florence Foster Jenkins more, maybe. I know there are people that have probably like big old Sophie's Choice heads and they've seen it a thousand times. But both of these movies, no way. We got that covered. Do you think that we have seen Florence Foster Jenkins more than Meryl Streep has? Oh, good question. Um, maybe, I think it's possible. I, I think, think it's, it's on possible. the table. I could see yeah. her being like a you know like a one and done like I go to the premiere and it's like eh, next next job time to yeah. time to read this yeah, totally. uh, read this uh, screenplay by Steven Soderbergh see what this is about she just she just remembered she was in Florence Foster Jenkins said oh that was a nice experience yeah I, I like Simon Helberg yeah I love that chap <laughs> that Simon that Big Bang boy I heard he's on a program that <laughs> just proves how freaking funny nerds are <laughs> i need to figure out what this program is about nerds <laughs> don I... don get in here there's a show i heard about i worked with a delightful young man on florence foster jenkins a few years ago and he told me he was on a sitcom on i don't know what i don't remember what network I have three letters i'm i i've been remember there are three maybe like perhaps uh N NBC or ABC FOX, who knows? It could be any of them. Don, you would know this. No, Meryl, I just scoped that. <laughs> I've never heard Don Gummer's voice, by the way. That was a uh, that was like I, a, a very uh, Pat Warburton. Yeah, I kind of thought he's like a, you know he's kind of like I bet he's like dry like that too. Like mm-hmm. boy, he's like he's got like a serious masculine voice, but he's he's witty. Yeah, it's sort of like a. Like a Nick Offerman type, maybe like uh, just oh, I'm gonna yeah I've gotta go into the back. That's that's my non build something with build something with my hands. Oh, time to make one of my classic gummers. American man, <laughs> <laughs> I love Jimmy Dean sausage. Wow, wow, we are re- we're really in it already. I mean. Yeah. We had just said we didn't lose our minds, but then we just went into a uh, brief bit about Meryl Streep trying to figure out what channel CBS was to watch The Big Bang Theory. So maybe we have lost our minds. Oh yeah, no, we're yeah we're brain ruined. It's yeah, you know, it's just, it but is. this is this is the end. We have watched a lot of movies. I was kind of thinking back on it. And I was thinking about when we started this 
both of us freely admitted we had not seen a lot of these movies before. We had not seen a lot of um, these deep street cuts. Uh, and I was just curious, Patrick, like as a movie fan, we've watched, you know, we've joked about like sliding in like the, I don't know, a Batman movie or whatever, like as we're doing this street with on uh, has your, do you feel like your taste has changed? Have you learned anything? Have you like, do you feel, what do you, do you feel different? How do you feel differently than you did in the start of this other than madness, I guess? Uh, yeah. Number one, mad. Uh, number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, I'm definitely, I think I've just become a more open viewer. The main thing is I'm, I'm now more willing to watch a movie. I didn't like a second time. Because I before this I was like, eh, if I don't like it, I don't like it. I'm a one and done. I can't imagine myself like liking something that I hated. But uh, there are movies whose opinions, like my opinions of them, have only grown with like reviewing them. I guess yeah. Just as, in general, this has made me a more open uh, film watcher. Like I'm more willing to like not write off entire genres or mm -hmm. or actors or specific things like i don't know like i'm more willing to look for the the good in a lot of stuff than before oh that's good that's very positive yeah i think that that's a that's a uh you know that's kind of i think what the best case scenario honestly yeah because it could have gone the other way i guess i could have been like i don't like this person. yeah this could have been torture the entire way through mm-hmm and I agree. Outside of, I think, a couple, maybe just a couple minor examples, the movies did get more interesting and mature the yeah. further along we got. Yeah. And I think, I think the only one that kind of stayed pretty level for me was The Iron Lady. Yeah. That's... In terms of the ones we had to watch multiple times. Um, but that's a difficult, difficult project as we, yeah. you know, spent hours talking about. Oh, totally. And it's it's so fascinating. What an, an example of like that. That is such an in fun movie for our podcast. Not for us. It's hell for us, but it's fun for our podcast because <laughs> it is like this perfect example of like a bad movie with a great performance. Or not bad. I don't know. It could, you know, jury's out on whether it's bad or not, but it's like a movie that uh, I personally don't enjoy with like a great performance in it that's undeniable. Like you can't watch mm. The Iron Lady, in my opinion, and be like, Meryl's not giving her all in this like yeah I don't know like it's it's good it's a good performance which you know was kind of difficult for us for a few, <laughs> few, few weeks yeah yeah no I agree I, I think I um I kind of realized that like my taste in um kind of like visual daring and visual filmmaking has only kind of become richer in the face of the fact that Streep is very like story and performance oriented that most of these movies with a couple of exceptions are pretty like straightforward in how they're photographed. Mm -hmm. And I just realized I kind of lean toward something a little more adventurous just in my own personal viewing. Like yeah, I like, like I think the best movie we saw was Defending Your Life. Interesting. And, okay. and I think Defending Your Life is also the most interesting out of the group, too. I think that 
you know, Meryl Streep's films tend to be more of a meat and potatoes, you know, a lot of them are message movies, frankly, yeah. where the message is more important than, you know, the aesthetic, a- or, aesthetic yeah. or stylistic flourishes. Although, yeah. I mean, there are, we did see films like Death Becomes Her and Mamma Mia yeah. that do have, and, and uh, frankly, Iron Lady that have a style to themselves. But yeah. I think, um, you know, especially in rewatching both these two in the finals, they're both nice looking films, but they are pretty, they are straightforward. They're about the story and they're about the characters mm. on screen. They're not trying to distract from them or try and uh, do anything really beyond in uh, the visual work. And I was even thinking about, you know, one of our great topics outside of street, Mike Nichols, his first three movies, um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf graduate and Catch-22 are very, very stylish. Mm. But as he got older, and, and this includes the Streep collaborations, things got a lot more straightforward, including yeah. Angels in America, which I think the more I think about it, the film version of it could have been more daring visually. Interesting. It's pretty. I mean, it, I mean I feel, not to pretty. say it isn't, yeah. but, but I think they're... Yeah. They could have done something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely. Like, there's definitely, like, I would say, like, anything that didn't involve, like, the angels, for example, or, like, the more, like, you know, uh, uh, spiritual aspects of the film, those are pretty, like, vanilla. Um, yeah, I, but at the same time, I mean, I, I really respect... The other thing that I really learned about this was kind of the respect of her Meryl Streep's consistency of portraying kind of an, frankly, an ideology throughout Mm. her entire career of what she believes in, what kind of stories she wants to present the complete lack of compromise, even as she dives between genres, she's always doing something that's either a positive message or a critique assist or a critique of the system in a sense and from a female or feminist point of view in almost you know top to bottom basically everything she did after deer hunter in manhattan when she got real control over her career Mm -hmm. she's um trying at the very least to you know put put the put these very important concepts to her and i think to a lot you know frankly a lot of people and most people, most yeah. thinking and smart people um, into each of these movies. And this runs through Julia and Julia. This runs through The Devil Wears Prada. This runs through She-Devil. Um, Kramer versus Kramer even. Doubt. Yeah. You know, down the line, mm-hmm. there she is consistent. In the, even when she plays a villain, the, the, the character is... And we did not get to Manchurian Candidate, by the way. But it's um, ah, another one. Which, they keep coming out of nowhere. They keep coming at us. <laughs> but it's always a character who's either fighting for their place mm-hmm. in the world, or um, you know, or holding down their place with an iron fist. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I think that you cannot name another actor who has maintained a level of consistency from essentially the ages of like 28 to 72 years old, which she'll be this year. Like it's, it's pretty startling. You cannot say that about any of her contemporaries or frankly, anyone who followed like even somebody like George Clooney, who I think is incredibly consistent has Batman and Robin. 
oh which, yeah in his you know catalog they all have something like that they kind of like shake their head but she doesn't really no. she has maintained such a um integrity mm-hmm. and i think that that's something that i think you can kind of pick up from the outside but diving deep and watching dozens of these movies and many of them multiple times over well like part of it that's a great thing yeah it is a great thing like part of it too is that her uh her own quality as a performer is uh, she's like one of those very rare performers where she is just like technically skilled she'll perform thankless roles without uh taking the shine away from these people i don't i'm i'm trying to explain this properly no, it, yeah it makes sense you you know it's you're just she's 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 you know you always talk about like i heard this story about like like an improv thing like um all right so i'm gonna lay the groundwork i'm gonna get everything set up i'm gonna justify you i'm gonna label you yeah. but then i'm getting mine oh man and yeah. that's kind of the um uh, in a sense the vibe of her performances it's like we're gonna do everything we can to lay you put you in the perfect position all of my co-stars and we're talking everybody from amy adams to kevin bacon yeah like all of their games have been elevated i mean the running tucci award on our show is funny but it's not because all of these people i mean have put in some of their most memorable performances opposite her and I think that there's a reason for that. But I also think she always, her character gets their due. It's, you know, even something like Defending Your Life, she brings oh, yeah. an effervescent life to it because that's kind of what that character needed because that character had literally reached a new plane of existence, <laughs> you know? Oh, totally. And, like, that character is so, any other, like, uh, she elevates that performance in that role character so much. Oh, that character could have been the girl. Uh, yeah, in exactly. this movie, could have been like a freaking Elizabeth Town, my dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, the yes, as we all know, that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, yeah. It's probably. It's probably. For all I know, I've never seen it. I just know the tales. I saw it. I saw it, but it was a long time ago. So I'm not. I'm going to pretend not to judge my memory of it. Um, <laughs> I, I've heard tale of Elizabeth Town. But I mean, you look at even something like um, adaptation. Yeah. Everything from what you know, we were just talking off air with our guest Nick about this movie the other day, and you know what she does with Chris Cooper, how she transitions from being a new yorker literary type to chasing nicholas cage's twin around a florida everglades with a gun it's extraordinary and she does it with integrity and you buy every second of it and And i mean there's nobody like her and she's obviously the the third lead in that movie too or maybe Mm -hmm. like the i feel like her Maybe second, I guess. Uh, I, I was included. I was included well, both Nicholas Cage's. But that's a wild thing. Is that well? Yeah. I mean, like, we just described her character arc, and compared to Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, and Chris Cooper, mm-hmm. she's the normal one. Oh, big time! <laughs> <of> the group, <laughs> like they get to play the cartoonier characters, and they're all. I mean, obviously, I think adaptation in particular because it's such a high wire act as a story really lives and dies 
on the, those performances to make it believable. Yeah, and her character, like her character, works because it's so grounded initially. Because yeah. she gets she gets drawn into the lunacy, and by the like, and she you she earns it by the end. It's ah, it's so good. Well, she, her acting in the attraction to Chris Cooper makes us as audience members be like, oh, he's he's not this weird hillbilly. He's an interesting <laughs> guy who we like want to get to know as well. And yeah, so I guess that's, you know, kind of a twofold thing that I learned over the course of this process. And, you know, just the idea of like watching Florence Foster Jenkins four times, a movie that I had like kind of was in one ear out the other when it came out. And then by the end of it, owning it on Blu-ray, having it ready and willing to go when my parents get down here, when our daughter is born to watch it all as a family that's quite a change i'd say oh yeah no i had i went in with so little respect for that movie i am not gonna lie yeah. i was so like this movie was i had not high hopes for it i was like this is gonna be another by the numbers like a, you know something that's uh you know just a the typical pablum that you get around oscar time where they find like uh, a semi-famous white person from the 20s and tell their story and it's uh you know good enough to get like an oscar nomination for like the lead actor and maybe a supporting actor and then that's all you hear about it but like damn meryl does like the whole and it's the whole cat like harold hugh uh simon helberg's stephen frears the whole thing toe to tip is a an a plus operation it's a joyful experience and if you our listeners have not joined us and watched Florence Foster Jenkins. What are you waiting for? I yeah. mean, come on. It's yeah. great. Give it a view. It's fun. And, and if you don't like it the first time, uh, do what yeah. I did. You know, wait, watch like, it four times. Yeah, watch it four times. Let it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you'll, you know, and then two plus two equals I love Big Brother. It's great. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's been a, it's been a great truly interesting experience a little nerve-wracking i mean there are certainly like times of like oh it's we're recording the show at 10 a.m i gotta get up by seven to watch the iron lady again which is yeah you know not every day of uh training for the world series is a good one (laughs) yeah oh yeah they're definitely like yeah definitely sometimes where you have to trade you have to get a good night's sleep instead of a good night's sleep yep yeah reference that yeah some days you're watching mom some days you're watching the devil wears prada right before work and you have a severe crisis of conscience because it's so early and you're like what am i doing watching the devil wears prada at 4 30 in the morning (laughs) but you know what that's that's just in that's what the academy academy is all about and we're gonna get we're going to get to these votes. We've got a real treat with the votes for you. Every member of the Academy is back Everyone. for today's episode. Every single one of the Gravedigger, Grave <laughs> Truckosaurus, <laughs> King Kong, Bigfoot. Yeah, all <laughs> of the guests are back. They were all monster trucks. Yeah, um, we interviewed 12 monster trucks. Really insightful by the way um but before we get to them you know a lot of the show today is gonna like lean probably in the 
sincere, meaningful side of things is we have hit the season finale, mm-hmm. but we, uh, we you know us. Yeah, we like well, spoof. We like spoofs and goofs. We like spoofs and goofs. Don't worry. We'll we'll find a way to uh, goof it up a bit. There'll be some of those, but you know what? This is the Academy Academy. We've got a few awards to hand out. Some of the big awards to hand out prior to the big gun, the you know the winner of the entire thing. But we thought we wanted to give a few shout outs to some of the people the people and films we've met along the way that have really stood out, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Let's get to these awards. We got, okay. So I'm going to start us off with one of my awards and Patrick, I'd like you, if, if you feel that I was incorrect or you feel passionately about one of my, about my pick, yeah. throw one in yourself and I'll do the same for some of your awards. But um, first award I wanted to give out was Meryl Streep has had a lot of love interests mm-hmm. over the course of all of these films, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, oh has she ever? Most of them, these these fellas are head over heels for Meryl. But I would like to give a special award to the performer and character that I felt was most in love mm-hmm. with Meryl Streep, and I got to give a big shout out for a dual role to Jeremy Irons in The French Lieutenant's Woman, who is head over heels for two different versions of Meryl Streep in that film, driving him insane in two different timelines. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I love that we're getting some uh, French Lieutenant's Woman in before the- We haven't forgotten you. We haven't forgotten you. We haven't forgotten Uh, you. And, uh- Runner up, I gotta, I gotta send it Kurt Russell in Silkwood's way, just for the shirtless moment at the end of the film where he's at the top of the stairs watching her go, and you see just how much he loves her. Oh man, that's that's a good one. I might have to. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, can I include one more? Oh yeah, go for it. Oh man, I gotta include. Uh, we brought up this wonderful film. Uh, just Adam Brooks or. Adam Brooks, uh, <laughs> Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks. And, sorry, I had a had a baby moment there. Or no, more of a John Travolta and Adele Dazeem. My Adele Dazeem. Yeah. Adam Brooks, Adele Dazeem. Uh, Adele Dazeem, who wrote, directed, and starred in Defending Your Life. Yeah, and sang the wonderful song, Let It Snow, Let It Go. <laughs> From the film Defending Your Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, let's just... Let it snow, man. <laughs> Let it snow, dude. Uh, Mr. Police, there it is. We got the snowman in there. In the you had, yeah, you had all the clues, Mr. Yeah. Snowman. Uh, wait, <laughs> Mr. Police, all over the place. Uh, yeah. Adam uh, Albert. Albert. Nice. Albert. Albert Brooks, uh, who like uh, like breaks all the laws of. He's like yeah. they make it seem like he's the first like person to ever get out of the bus. Yeah. The wrong bus in in uh, the afterlife and defending your life, and it's so good. Yeah, it's great. One of the best endings, actually, of I, any of the films we saw. It's like it's a positive movie that just is. That's a great. That's that is also a great. Like if you're in quarantine still and you're bummed out, that's a great quarantine movie. Yeah, coming out in Criterion next month too on a nice new Blu-ray edition. Oh, schnaz, schnazzy. Yeah, so I'll just put Albert Brooks in there. No, he'll be third. He'll yeah. be third. Uh, did you want to throw out an award? Hmm, yes, I do. Uh, I'm 
gonna do a, a little award called best house oh so there we go there we go we're doing a big one off the top off the dome yes one of the biggest be it like the mansions of Beverly Hills and Death Becomes Her, the mansions of uh, the English countryside and the French Lieutenant's Woman. I'm going to say, though, I want to give this award. This is a little, uh, <laughs> this is like a little uh, out, out there, but I want to give this award to uh, my favorite, my personal favorite house. This And this is a shared award. This goes to, this is a tie for me between Amy Adams's apartment Julia oh, Julia and above Anne, the pizza parlor and Anne Hathaway's apartment in Julia and <laughs> Julia or not in Julia and a death becomes her because Devil these Wars are Prada. like Devil Wears God damn it I'm like just totally <laughs> broken I'm a broken man nothing works anymore in my head we're crawling <laughs> we're crawling to the finish line here. crawling it's like it's my brain is soup uh the devil because the 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 devil wears Prada because they're like these, the night they're, they're in ostensibly like it's, they're those classic New York apartments that are like way bigger than they should be. And they're nice as hell. And in the universe of those movies, they're probably paying like 500 a month for them, but they live like fucking Kings. And so, I don't know. I just, I always love, that's like one of my favorite tropes in a movie is when yeah. the apartment is too nice for what they're complaining about. And they're like, oh God, I got to live in this crummy uh, apartment. Could, um, I think he could probably toss Ted Kramer's pad in Kramer versus Kramer into those New York apartments Ooh, as well. Man, that's a good one. I love, shout out to Kramer versus Kramer. That's a movie where like the, uh, Nestor Alamendros, that cinematography yeah. is so good in that movie. It's one of those movies. We also, see- we also worked with Nestor in Sophie's Choice oh. and Heartburn. He photographed over the course of our time together. He's a street stud. He's he's yeah. one of our he's he's in, he's part of the street club. If you're in three street movies in any way, you're a street stud. We're gonna give him best cinematography right now that's the kind of award show we have we're making them up as we go along yes the academy academy award for best cinematography goes to nestor alimentros yes my best house and i'm looking over this list here and i i you know i could go i'm very i like francesca johnson's house in bridges of madison county i thought we got to know that house quite well oh that's a good one but i love that house too I gotta go with the house Roseanne blows the hell up in ah, She-Devil. Damn! That's so good! Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah! Uh, oh, big ups to She-Devil. Might not be the last award you get there, baby. Might not be. I'm gonna jump into our next award. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. A lot of tragedy in Meryl oh. Street movies. Unfortunately, a lot of we lose a, little, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But who had the best death in the Meryl Streep in these catalogs? And I am really, I, I teased it the other night. This is another award for defending your life. Albert Brooks digging through his new collection of Barbara Streisand CDs and driving his BMW into a bus, uh, setting the film in motion. That was my favorite, both sad but funny. That is a very good, 
Very sad, very good. Very funny death, too. What a good, what a funny, good death. I'm trying to think <laughs> in my head now of a death that's as funny or as good as that. Because, of course, you know, I might have to give it to the to the to uh my academy academy award for best death i might have to give it to death becomes her one yeah. of those class there's so many actually you know who i'm gonna give it to though not gonna give it to any of the deaths that the the, the, the become her ladies experience i'm giving it this is the one i'm giving it to i give my academy academy award for best death to the to the actor who dies getting I think he goes dying getting a blowjob that Bruce Willis has to fix up (laughs) in the morgue with that big rictus smile it's so good what a funny gag I am yeah that one funny that's a funny movie it's a funny one it's so funny and that death is so go on google look up uh rictus death becomes her Bruce Willis mortuary. If you probably type in all those words, you'll find this picture I'm referring to. Or you won't. You'll probably find some really unnerving images that aren't related to Death Becomes Her at all, but damn, that's a that's a funny death. Mwah, I say the, maybe the strangest death was the uh, kind of nonchalant way that Robert Redford dies in Out of Africa. Oh, yeah. Wow. Might never back to that one. <laughs> um, do you have another award? Hmm, I have an award. Uh, I'm gonna say best disease. Best disease. Best disease. Well, I, of... I know. I know. There's a front runner, <laughs> and it's a, it's a very obvious front runner. So there's a lot of a lot of people get illnesses throughout all these films. You know, and there's a couple. There's a couple. You know, it's not as tough as because you know. You've got uh, the uh, the prime minister. You got Margaret Thatcher's dementia. You've got uh, you can... Sophie has doesn't she have scurvy? Oh yes, she has scurvy. Scurvy. Yes. She has scurvy. Uh, my horrible Sophie impression. Sophie's not a, a pirate though. Yeah, our, yeah, she's not a pirate. <laughs> I, I, uh, the other day, I was zooming with some friends, and I. Uh, created the character uh, pirate Ebenezer Scrooge and <laughs> I was spent the whole zoom talking like a pirate but it was about em- em- Ebenezer Scrooge Arr, you Arr. son what day is it today <laughs> Arg give me ye finest goose Arg that I haven't missed it Arg ye be Jacob Barley <laughs> Oh boy uh man that's a great that's a great i'm sticking to it that's a good character that's funny uh it's good if you, you say should, it, uh, when you when you get your snl audition i think that that's a uh top of the line like last character you do like last impression for oh, lauren yeah. and colin and michael uh, yeah after you do your like uh your 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 uh you know you have to do like two or three like uh comp, you know impressions so like this is after i do like my I do my uh, uh, Anthony Fauci impression. This is after Good. I do my timely. Uh, t- very timely. After I do a, a, a Guy Fieri, because that's sort of evergreen. Everyone needs yep. a good Guy Fieri. Then, bring it on home with uh, Pirate <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> bring it on home. And <laughs> baby, that's a an SNL movie. That's mm-hmm. the next. Uh, that's the next Wayne's World. You're out of here, Alec Baldwin. We got a new cast member. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you, Alec. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Pirate Ebenezer Scrooge. 
Live. Yeah, turn into it. Yeah, an SNL movie. Yeah, live yeah. from New York, and uh, the, uh, it's only a movie if we can get Daryl Hammond to musical it. guest. Okay, go. <laughs> They're not famous for their music. <laughs> what an episode! <laughs> musical guest, the Beatles. I used to love doing it for like, really, really like probably canceled today artists like musical guest gg allen (laughs) musical guest benito mussolini (laughs) and your host judas iscariot (laughs) we're losing our minds Uh, it's official so what's good. the disease? What disease is winning this damn award? Oh, I can't. I'm, come on, we know it. It's syphilis, baby. Yes. Oh, uh, how could it not be? This was uh, the Oscar prognosticators had this for months. Oh, it's so yeah. Come on, if you didn't think it was syphilis, get your head out of your your nose. It's in uh, it's in uh, it's in out of Africa. It's in Florence Foster Jenkins. That disease is all over the place, causing a ruckus. And gosh darn it. Uh, I hope we see more of it. I hope we see I hope we see more syphilis in our movies. I love it. I I am on board with this with this disease. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna move on to my next award, which is best song. Mm. We know she sings. She sings in almost every one of these damn movies. She sings in surprising movies. You don't see it coming in Silkwood or Angels in America, but guess what? It happens. She's singing. Ooh. So I want to give a big shout out to Cold One by Ricky and the Flash. Their original tune. And I, you know, we got to give, I, you know me, I got to give some Ricky love. We're recording on Jonathan Demi's birthday today too. Oh, happy birthday, Jonathan Demi. Uh, Yeah. Hey, it's me, Ricky. Remember me? I was (laughs) in the other show. Uh, (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Oh, wow. Ricky just came and. Came yeah, it but I, I think it's a fun song i think it was a good song and i liked uh meryl's performance and it was a little different because it wasn't like a show tune and pretty much everything else is uh i mean you got options i think a runner-up for me would be postcards from the edge that country tune she does at the end of it oh that's a good one i'm currently looking for the name of the song in mama mia where pepper gets uh Oh, yes. Because that is that is my song. That is I, my I was talking with my mother about that scene <laughs> the other day, and she was like, that got a little uh, risque, didn't it? I was like, oh, you better believe it, Mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Risque is all good out. Got a couple of Academy Academy favorites, Christine Baranski and Pepper. Yes, I'm trying to find the name of this day. Does your mother know? That's the name of the song. I figured it out. There we go. Much like syphilis, that's an obvious choice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Doesn't help. You can't put Pepper on that, though. Pepper. No. Uh, You got another award? Mm. Oh, yes, I do. I have uh, the Microtooch. Oh, this is my award, the Microtooch. This is an award that is for the best bit player mm. in the Academy Academy. A smaller award 
It is like uh, someone who maybe has like one scene or like two lines, something like that. Not a big tooch. This is like a, this is like, you know, if we're watching, talking, we referenced Island of Dr. Monroe pre- recently. And, uh, or you might hear, you might hear an Island of Dr. Monroe reference soon. Yeah. <laughs> little, little peek behind the curtain. Uh, but curtain closed. Uh, it's yeah, we gotta close. I it. did. I did a uh, physical motion of doing. <laughs> we physically closed the curtain, but uh, this would be like the little, the little assistant that uh, <laughs> that Doctor Monroe makes. This is the micro tooch, and so I have to give it to. There are so many people you can give it to. You could give it to the amazing, the lawyer in Kramer versus Kramer. I love. Oh yeah, that. Oh, yeah. What a great. I could give it to any of the friends in uh, the Devil Wears Prada, like you know. Uh, the guy Tracy from T- Mad Men, Tracy Toms. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I'm giving it to my boy, John Rothman. Oh, natch, natch. You've heard me sing his praises. I love the Rothman. I love, love it. it. I, oh, I love him as the librarian in Sophie's Choice. I love him as the the guy at the magazine in the end of The Devil Wears Prada that Anne Hathaway is trying to work at. He is a great character actor, and I hope he gets... Uh, I hope he gets roles that are like less micro and more macro. I want to give him a regular macro tooch. Love it. Love it. Uh, I One of the names that just popped in my head was Lil Flaps. Oh, Bridges my God. Madison County. Yeah, Lil Flaps. Yes. I'm like, so I've never, <laughs> if I could like get a, uh, if I could get a time machine and get like my 10 year old self to see me like just. <laughs> My Getting really jazzed about the bridges of Madison County, County just screaming having, little flaps. Having read the book now, the bridges of Madison County. <laughs> uh. um, but I want, in all seriousness, I'd like to give this award to, uh, I believe her name is Nina Ariande. From oh Lawrence yes, Foster Jenkins as oh, the showgirl she's, character she's so pops good. in all of her three or four scenes. Right off the right off, you know, very extremely memorable. We'd love to see her on more stuff. Oh, she's so good. Uh, you know, she won the regular tooch in a previous episode, but I'm gonna I wanna this send her micro. Yeah. the micro tooch as well. Uh, now, Patrick, the next yes. award. Yes. Uh I don't, this is this is the kind of award people tune in to award shows for. Oh la la. We're giving out best hunk. Oh, yes. <laughs> Meryl Streep has worked with a lot of handsome actors. Uh, who's just... the best hunk out of all the hunks? And you know, we've been counting hunks. Oh, man. It's just it's just hunk watch here. It is just... And I was thinking back. I was doing a review in my head. I'm looking at all these movies, and I only see one option. Mm-hmm. Ed Begley junior of she devil fame oh is uh, is i'm giving him that award that best hunk award controversial That's controversial but hell women are falling all over him in that film he is a goddamn sex machine in that yeah. film he is like he is he was granted uh the gift of 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 horny inducement by eros uh, herself <laughs> he is just a hunk incarnate uh yeah I almost don't want to like, cause there are so many other hunks. You know, we got to give out shout outs to, you know, our most recent hunks in the hunk catalog, Bacon and John C. Riley. How know, about you know, uh, Martin and Baldwin? 
Ooh, Martin and Baldwin, fine hunk. Steve Martin is such a good hunk. Sam Neill, Cry in the Dark. Ooh, what a great, an, an Australian hunk. Croiky, yeah. a hunk. Croiky. They probably call them hunkies there or something. Oh, let's go to the hunky. That that chap is just a hunky. Just a something hunky. Like that. Getting brecky with a hunky. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. And then uh, also, like, Stanley Tooch. Of course. Just a total hunk in Julian Julia. Just a refined hunk. He's a gentleman's hunk in Julian Julia. And then, oh, Chris Messina. That's my choice for hunk. Oh, a Julian Julia. A Julian Julia, yeah. Ah, oh, he's such a good hunk in Julian Julia. Julie Powell's deathly supportive husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so. I love yeah. it. Yeah, uh, great hunk. Great hunk. I love it. That's great. What? You have another award? Okay, this is like the, I think this is the last award in my tool shed. Okay, I got a few more, but yes. A more. Here we go. I think I, I referenced this. Uh, this is the award for best Stingo. This can oh. go. This can go to Stingo. This can yes. go to Stingo. But not um, doesn't necessarily have to go to Stingo. In the Academy Academy layman's terms, if you're like you know the first listener that's you know wanting to make a wiki for us, the Academy Academy wiki on Wikia. Uh, this you got to put this in here. A Stingo is the the protagonist that the film uses in lieu of the main roster star, like the person who's like the title, the person who draws people in. So, like mm-hmm. in a lot of these movies, Meryl Streep is ostensibly the star, like your Sophie's Choice, your Devil Wears Prada, but you're actually seeing it through, you know, in Hathaway's eyes. You're seeing it through. Uh, Stingo's Yes, Stingo's eye. eyes. Stingo and my baby. Uh, you sing it. <laughs> <laughs> call me, call me Dingo. Call me Dingo. Uh, that Dingo. Oh, the ding, the Dingo could be a Stingo. Oh, the Dingo could be a Stingo. Uh, without a call, doubt, without a doubt. Uh, call Ringo the Dingo could be a Stingo. That's that's oh. like the New York Post 1933 title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little boy is giving out for a nickel. Uh, but uh, but the Stingo, my Stingo of choice, I have to go with uh, Anne Hathaway. I think she has yeah. like the best arc uh, out of all the Stingo. There's a lot of Stingos in here. You know, actually, hmm, I have a question for you. Do you consider Albert Brooks a Stingo? I, yeah. I mean, we're making this up as we go along, so we can yeah. do whatever we want. Shit, I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. Mm, no, no, I'm giving it to Albert Brooks. Sorry, Ann. Albert Brooks is a hell of a stingo, and I'm giving it to him. I think it's like his like he ends up like ascending to a higher plane. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Just based on the effervescent grace of Meryl Streep. Uh, Oh, to be effervescent. Oh, to be someday. Um, Who's your stingo? I'm gonna give it. To Bruce Willis in Death Becomes Her is my Whoa. stingo. Ah. Whoa! Ah, ah, <laughs> I, I, my monocle cracked. Oh, man, my computer screen just yelled at me. Whoa! Whoa, we're sucked into the computer. <laughs> Glitch in the Matrix, man. Oh, no. Somebody call Elon Musk. Elon, uh, use your cyber car to help No, me. I think... Um, in an alternate universe, we are watching Death Becomes Her through Bruce Willis's eyes. And he is kind of the straight man, if you yeah. will, in that movie. 
you know it's they get the antics but you know it's no it's his kind of arc he's the one who learns something (laughs) yeah it is like his story that is funny that is interesting yeah he is like the one who has like the clearest arc in that film and that is like yeah i think a stingo that's the thing the key to a stingo is that character has to like learn something while the street character kind of stays static Mm-hmm. I think yes. that's there. We go. That's the codifier of a Stingo archetype. So congratulations to the two Stingos. Oddly enough, neither Stingo. Um, ah man. But, my next know, award. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl Streep faces a lot of adversity. Oh. In all these films, and in particular, villains. Yes. Best villain of the tournament, like- and I gotta go. With Kevin Bacon in the River Wild as my number one villain. A true mustache-twirling evil man having the time of his life playing it on that dang river. Ah, just a total scumbag. It's so good. Yeah, and mind you, I chose Kevin Bacon over um, Roy Cohen and Nazis. Mm. So he's good. He's good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? I was thinking that, too, because I was originally going to give it to Roy Cohen. But... You know who's an even bigger political villain than Roy Cohn? Margaret fucking Thatcher. Baby. Oh, Meryl Streep herself is the oh, best villain. Meryl oh. gets two academies. She gets to get slimed twice. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, a, good, good call. What a good Margaret call. from that scene where Margaret Thatcher is clearly not happy that, you know, a person of color is in the uh, store with her to, the, <laughs> <laughs> to weirdly justifying her horrible acts by having a weird... Uh, a ghost husband to making her uh co-workers cry due to spelling errors she yeah. does it all oh she does it all oh that scene is so that might be top scene top, top scene. scene actually is that one of your is that one of your awards no i have two more awards but i uh, i but let's throw in top scene since we're we'll here throw in top scene we gotta throw in top scene oh boy um but i'm gonna do one award and then we can think about yeah, top, top scene, scene as we yeah. go uh best director Ooh. A classic award, oh, if there ever was one. Award. Yeah, and hard. I'm giving mine mm. to Felita Lloyd, director of Mamma Mia wow. and The Iron Lady, two a two timer in the tournament, a uh, director of style and pizzazz. Sometimes mm-hmm. it works, sometimes it don't, but she's always there. I'm I into think, it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that's the right award, uh, considering especially considering our bracket. I'm going to give an honorary best director. It's not the real one. It's more of like a lifetime. Think of this as more of a lifetime achievement award, considering this person wasn't, you know, in the bracket, uh, I believe. Uh, our boy, Mike Nichols. Oh, of course. We of course. had three great Nichols before uh, directing uh, films. And then on top of that, Angels in America. Oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Give that guy a lifetime. He gets the lifetime achievement directing award. What a king. All right. I'm ready for best scene. Are you? Oh, I'm so ready. Give it okay. to me. Okay. So, I I mean, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought about uh, Francesca and uh, Clint Eastwood's date, mm-hmm. their first date in Bridges in Madison County. Oh. I thought about the courtroom scenes <clears throat> in Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, those are so good. Uh, you know, I thought about when they even went to uh, Coney Island. In Sophie's Choice. Oh, I love that, too. That's a great... There's so many good scenes in these movies. So many good scenes. But, you know, I think... 
when it comes down to it, it is Miranda Priestley explaining the Cerulean Blue Belt in Devil Wears Prada is the number one scene. Yeah, that's a very good scene. Truly a top-notch scene. Yeah, it's like so, and it just kind of explains her character, explain, it just... That's like the movie in a nutshell to a certain Tour degree. de force. Yeah, Tour so de force good. of a scene. It's so good. She's so... Oh, man. I have to... So my best scene, I think I'm going to... Because I was thinking about this. I, for me, I might be... It could be... I was thinking initially I wanted to give it to Iron Lady, the scene we were talking about where she like is like... Uh, <laughs> Just totally butchering Anthony Head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just totally making his life a nightmare uh, and just like critiquing his typos and errors. We've all been there. We're, 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 we've all been grilled by like an English professor or like, you know, mm-hmm. a family or a prime or minister or a prime minister <laughs> in front of your peers. Yeah. Um, but I think I have to give it to uh, the end of. Uh, Clint Eastwood's performance in the Bridges of Madison oh, in the rain. Bravo! Yes, she's absolutely in the, in the car, and you know she's just see, see, she sees, you know, <laughs> sees Clint behind her in the rain, mm-hmm. and he. There's like that one moment where she might leave the car, but then she doesn't, and she's just just emotionally destroyed and little flaps bless his heart doesn't even fucking understand what's happening and is like oh let's listen to the corn prices yes oh man what a great what a great what a one great of the best one. One of the you're best. right you're there's right. another yeah, there's another world where that movie i'm mean, i i that, that actually is the, probably the second best movie we watched yeah <laughs> uh, there's like there's a world where that's in the finals in my yeah such a good movie. i think what so is, too yeah we might actually hear from a, a staunch bridges defender oh yeah coming to- up here as well a total bridgers um i got actually i have one i've got one uh surprise that i think is going to be there'll be a consensus on this one so we don't need to go too deeply it's um uh best actor who appeared in none of these movies bill nighy Yes. Be, oh, uh... yeah. <laughs> yes. I have to give. Uh, I was actually thinking about this. It's so funny uh, to show you how like brain fried I was. I was thinking I need to do like a some sort of like a sorry or thank you and stuff, and then I just completely forgot about it. Once we once you talk about pepper in the diaper, you know everything yeah. leaves my brain. Um, I get it. Yep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Bill, we're sorry. We're, we're sorry, so, big so, guy. So sorry. Come we're on, sorry. come come on the pod. We'll dish it out. We'll Ooh, that'd be like uh, Mark Marin fixing up an old feud with someone in the comedy world. It would yeah. be us and uh, Bill Nighy. Like, Bill, who are you guys? Hey, Bill, here's the one thing, though. If you're coming on, you better tell me what it was like uh, trying to get in, get in with Lord Michaels. Better better tell me what that addition was like, Nighy. Yeah, I mean... Gotta give, gotta give me the scoop. I think hosting Weekend Update was good for your career, but were you, were you the right choice? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you were you were like yeah, were you more of a Norm McDonald or a Dennis Miller? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. You weren't me. <laughs> you were me. <laughs> I could have been that. Uh... Um but yes, I, I knew we'd have consensus there. So my final award, and I think that this is a this might be the best award outside of of course the eventual winner of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Best friend. Ooh. Best best and oh, you know, I guess we probably should give out 
the Tucci Award after this too. Um, <laughs> we'll give but, it out. Uh, we'll uh, but yes, best friend to Meryl Streep throughout this. Aww. I think it's easy. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down immediately. Mm-hmm. It's Cosme McMoon. For yes, me. yes. Oh, he's so good. A beloved figure in the Academy Academy universe. But uh, but uh, God bless Cosme. Cosme oh McMoon. yeah, what a nice character. I would have to give best friend. Uh, uh, so good. If you're gonna give it to Cosme, then I gotta give my uh, best friend my take. I have to give it to to Saint Clair. Oh yes, uh, Florence uh, Foster Jenkins double. They, they they're the best friends. They it's, are. It's the best friend group. They're so good together. Like any uh, that trio is so pleasant. I agree. I agree. So why don't we give out each of our final tournament-wide Stanley Tucci's, and then we'll get into this final vote. Yes. Uh, I guess I can start. I mean, this is um, daunting. It's hard. To say the least. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the man himself is um, looms large. Mm -hmm. We'll put it that way. But I have to. I think... I have to give it to Kevin Klein for Sophie's Choice and Ricky and the Flash. I think Mm. a premier co-star to Meryl Streep. Constant, constant friend. You know, I texted Patrick a photograph. I saw them reminiscing Mm. about uh, Sophie's Choice, and it brought a lot. You know, I wish, only wish we would have had, we could see more movies with the two of them. Oh, definitely. I am... I'm with you entirely. It would be so nice if Kevin Klein was like, "We need a Kleinessance. Give us a Kleinessance." Yeah. I love, I love his, uh, I love his like very specific. Uh, I feel like he's very erudite in a way that a lot of American actors aren't allowed to be. Yeah, and he's very refined, and it's a very fun. Um, it's like a very fun uh, mode that we don't see often in American cinema, and I'd love to see more of that. Uh, oh, agreed. Yeah, I'm. There's so many great performances that are Tooch worthy. Um, you know, you Grant and Simon Helberg both give incredible performances that are Tooch worthy. Uh, you know, Alec Baldwin, who he didn't get the Tooch that night, but man, it is like a great. His performance, yeah, is so good. Uh, I'm trying. There are so many. I think I have to give it to though. Got to give it to the man himself. I yes. have to give it to Tucci. Like he's, it's like a back-to-back performances. Like they're, they're movies that are so uh, key to like Meryl's career at that time that sort of define her, they sort of define and and solidify her place as like an, an A-level celebrity in the in the late aughts and, the two, and, and forward in the 21st century. Um and he's delightful in both of them. He's like mm-hmm. such a fun side. Like, and, and his performance in Devil Wears Prada is like nothing short of iconic. That is like yeah. a yeah, that is like an S tier performance. So I have to, I have to give it to my man, the Tooch. Yeah, no, I can't, can't argue with you there. We named the award after him, and there's a reason. Yeah, and I know, I know, I could have done something crazy. I could have like went in there and been like, uh, I actually Oof. want to give it to Rip Torn. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love Rip Torn, and he'd be worthy of a tooch. But I guess sometimes you just gotta like, you know, sometimes 
the the best meal on the menus, the filet mignon. You know what I mean? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta grab the uh, CGC. Gotta grab that CGC. So let's get into it here. Yeah. The finals. Oh, Sophie's gosh. choice. Florence Foster Jenkins. I'm gonna do it one last time. I'm gonna give you those old statistics on each of these films, and then we're gonna dive in. Like we said, we've got everybody back. All of your favorites mm. from over the course of the uh, season. You know the the Academy Academy is here. Everyone. Sophie's Choice, 1982, written and directed by Alan J. Pakula, based on the novel Sophie's Choice by William Styron. The film has a 70%, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was nominated for five Academy Awards. Best Screenplay, Adapted. Best Original Score. Best Costume Design. Best Cinematography. And Best Actress, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep won. The film was budgeted at $9 million, made 30 so not a bad one. On the opposite side, 2016, Florence Foster Jenkins, directed by Stephen Frears, written by Nicholas Martin. The film has, on Rotten Tomatoes, an 87% approval rating. It was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Actress, Best Costume Design. It won neither. At the box office, budgeted at 29 million, box office 56 million kind of opposite sides of the spectrum we all know that these are two yeah. extremely different films we leave it up though we patrick and i will close things out with our vote but we really do leave this up to the academy academy now the order here is pretty much based on when we could get them to record their their timing and so our um our most, you know, let's just say uh, punctual of guests was also our final guest of the tournament, the great Becky Feldman. Boom. This kept me, this kept me up all night because here's the thing, here's the thing. So there are eras of Meryl Streep. There are eras of Meryl Streep, right? There's the Sophie's Choice era, and then there's the Florence Foster Jenkins era. They're two different Meryl Streeps. So you're asking me to choose between two different artists. And that's a, that's a Sophie's choice, you know, because they're both good in their own merit. They both don't. But here's the thing. This is what I think. I feel like Meryl Streep was having more fun as Florence Foster Jenkins, whereas Sophie's choice felt like work and she did a good job of work like she you know like her accent's amazing her you know she you could tell she did what she needed to do to win that oscar but in terms of just like levity and fun which maybe that is like what we all need right now i can't believe i'm saying this i'm going for Florence Master jenkins Do I smell upset? Wow, is this going to be, is this going to be a normal run of the mill uh, 
Academy Academy, or is this like a Buster Douglas Mike Tyson scenario? I I know exactly. Yes. Yeah. Buster Perfect. Perfect analogy. Ooh, this could ooh. be Buster Douglas, Florence Foster Jenkins. Seabiscuit and the damn admiral. One nothing. Next up. Uh one of our best guests and I a personal favorite of mine. They're good as hell. My wife, Jen Saunderson. Very good. Hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is Jen Saunderson. Don's wife, which sounds weird to say. That's my credit. <laughs> oh, weird. All right. Uh, so, as some of you might know, I'm super duper pregnant right now. So, I have been kind of tiptoeing around every time Don watches Sophie's Choice. I vehemently do not want to watch Sophie's Choice. Well, I'm very pregnant. I think that's totally fair. Like, I don't need to watch Meryl Streep go, I don't know which kid I want to, like, I just, I know the premise. Like, it's terrible. And then Don shared with me that none of the kids make it. I'm like, why the hell do you want to show this to your pregnant wife, you psycho? Like, just don't, don't do that to me. So, I have not watched this film. I have heard so much about it though, Don. So I feel like I'm like the only person on this podcast that has an out. Uh, I'm sorry for any fan of your show who's like, well, screw her. She didn't watch the movie, throw out her vote. Well, screw you. I'm almost 32 weeks pregnant. I, <laughs> there's some leniency here. Like, I don't want to get like, I don't want to get bumped in the inside by baby kicks while I'm watching a nice lady make this horrible decision. Don't put that on me. Why would you do that, imaginary person I just made up? You're sick. You're a sick, sick person. Probably a man. Anyway, so... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gosh. You guys have so many people to go for. So clearly I'm going with Lawrence Foster Jenkins. Just a nice little romp movie where everybody's kind to one another there's a whole ruse about like maybe they should have probably been super duper honest with her but they love her and they're trying and i guess hugh grant is in a thruple i don't know <laughs> so like it's just like anytime you could get a plus size lady to get to be the you know up on the rafters and flying above the stage. I'm for that. I am so for that. And everybody's given 110% and they're so nice. And like, I know, I know there's Stingo. And I, like, and I, and I, I know there's Kevin Klein. And that's all fun and well. And I'm sure everybody's wonderful in that film, and I'll probably watch it one day when my daughter goes off to college. But right now, like, I'm just gonna not with the child death. I think that's okay. Like, I'll watch a sad movie, I'll do that, but I got limits right now, and Dom says I'm not supposed to be stressed. So, again, Florence Foster Jenkins. What a lovely time. Still really mad at everybody for not going with Julia and Julie, but <laughs> my go-to plane movie, but <laughs> that movie is so much 
better in flight, you forget how petty the other lady is. Like, you're just like, this is fine. Oh no, I'm going so long. I'm getting the light. All right. <laughs> Gotta go. Not delivering the baby yet. Bye. <laughs> Whoa. That's 2 0, Florence. 2 0. Mon dear. We know we this in this household, at least one member of our family. And you know what? I will even say our um, our daughter when she gets the chance to vote someday. Florence heads. Yeah. Florence heads. But two zero. We still got a little. We we got a while to go. We got a lot of members. A lot of opinions. A lot of mountain to climb. Next up, uh, coming directly from the East Coast. Avery Regan. I just watched both of them for the first time, and I feel like Sophie's Choice was the clear winner. Meryl does comedy. She's like, you know, she does other things, but like, she's like this Yale, she's a Yale lady. You know what I mean? Like, she's a serious, dramatic actress. She got her start doing like Shakespeare. She just basically plays like women who are like emotionally mutilated to a T. And that is Sophie's choice. I mean, it's like literally the classic, like, wow, this woman has been through a lot story. Florence Foster Jenkins has also been through a lot, but like, you know what I mean? Like in a different way. Like it's one thing to be made fun of for how bad you are at singing and to have like hand troubles. And it's another thing to have to like choose which of your children to be murdered. So, I don't know. Yeah, I gotta go with Sophie's Choice. Um, sorry, my cat is playing with a piece of paper on the floor, but I think she would agree with me that it is 100% Sophie's Choice. Um, I've never seen Silkwood, but I feel like it's gotta be in the same vein of like, God, this woman is really suffering right now. It's weird. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Iron Lady that's one of my all-time faves and so it's just like it's wild to be like the same woman who's playing the iron lady is like lost 80 pounds and has no hair and it's like waiting around in a puddle of shit like they really went for realism with the holocausty thing as they should i don't think it's like a really a time for like whimsy when you're doing a holocaust movie but it was just like it's pretty hardcore but yeah the woman has range she could do them both. I don't think anyone would have done Florence Foster Jenkins better. I also don't think that movie needed to be made. You know, it's like, I feel like sometimes they're like just coming up with barrel vehicles because they're like, oh God, she's going to get bored. She lives in rural Connecticut. Like she's just going to have, she's just like hanging out with all the gummers and the just hanging out like her children are adults and they live in I think LA and New York and it's like I feel like her agent is just like guys come on we got to do something for Meryl we've got to get something we got to get a new Meryl project together she's gonna get bored but yeah 150% Sophie's Choice well there it is First vote for Sophie's Choice. We knew it was coming. It is yep. the juggernaut. It was not going to be lying there with a big old donut yep. this entire time. We knew that. 
We knew that. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be rough. It's gonna be tough. This is anyone's game still. It's anyone's game still. It's gonna be brutal. Like, let's be honest, brutal. I mean, the winner is gonna be coming out of this thing with shiners and black eyes. You know that. Oh yeah, a a tooth will be lost. A cinematic tooth. Indeed, indeed. Next up, the opinionated. The intense, the vocal, Kyle Clark. The boys who play with fire get their fingers burned. Well, hello, Academy Academy. It's nice to be back, and it's especially nice to be back as part of a Cinderella story. I mean, I'm going to be real. I did not think, like, I hoped in my heart, like anyone who loves any underdog team, that my sweet, sweet Florence Chop Shop Foster Jenkins was going to take it all the way, and here we are on the eve of a potential first championship. And I'm, I would be nervous, but instead I've mostly been dazzled because I did not realize the fringe perks that come with being a member of the Academy Academy. Uh, I did not expect to receive all of the screeners for every movie in the, the contest just for doing that. If that's every season, I really got to clear some shelf space because these burned DVD quality copies of these movies are really giving me a good sense of what to do. Uh, I'm actually watching them on an old PS2 just to try to create the most authentic experience in filmmaking I can do. Um, So that was exciting and I'm excited to vote, but also like had no idea about the gifting suite, which seems absurd. Uh, I mean, Don is about to be a father and feels like he should save some of that money on high-end jewelry and electronics for money for his child and their future you know, college and things like that. But hey, I got a new iPad and some killer shoes from a girlfriend, so no complaints. Uh, and so I appreciate that. And just, just truly like the gift that is being a part of this community. Uh, you know, it seems I'm getting a lot more tweets about people asking, you know, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to go write for Empire. I am simply content in my film criticism to be a member of the Academy Academy. So with all that, I say it because, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to talk about the fact that Florence Foster Jenkins is my vote? Because like, I feel like it should be pretty clear. Again, fear no God, fear no death. We're going to take this. Like, Sophie's Choice, you better watch your fucking ass because this is going down and the army's coming for you. Three, one. 3-1 3-1 Florence what and Kyle what's pa- happening God damn, I don't <laughs> we, we knew Kyle was a passionate Florence Foster Jenkins supporter but 3-1 I, I, I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know, I don't know. this is like that's a lot I don't know man that's pretty wild if Florence wins that will be pretty crazy that it could happen it could happen Buster it, Buster it, Douglas it, it, would, it would it would probably actually get us some level of publicity <laughs> It's like, oh, they spent all this time, months, and they decided that Florence Foster Jenkins was Meryl Streep's greatest performance. This is her shining star crown, the jewel in her crown. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Let's see what our next guest, though. You might remember him from the Iron Lady versus French Lieutenant's Woman episode, Adam Muscatel. Ooh. Good evening, friends and strangers alike. Uh, I take my oath as a member of the Academy Academy seriously 
unlike some other people I won't name here. I stand before you today, a man who before being called back into the musty academy chambers, had never seen either Sophie's Choice or Florence Foster Jenkins. To give a fair review, I did the only reasonable thing I could think of. I typed the movie title along with best scene into YouTube and watched whatever came up. I got back. Florence Foster Jenkins, 2016 funny, sheen, funny scene, she singing. And Sophie's Choice, The Choice. It wasn't easy to choose between them, but I made a blood sworn oath to uphold the tenets of the Academy Academy. I would burn my house down with me inside of it for this institution. So I made a decision. To alliterate my thoughts, I'll tell you this. A perfectly pained parental performance poops on a perfectly painful piano performance. Sorry, silly songbird, Sophie swooped the show. My vote for the inaugural Academy Academy season champion goes to Sophie's Choice. Oh boy. All right. Well, thank you, Adam. And you know, you did it right. You did it right. You did it the most responsible way possible. That is another vote for Sophie's choice. He is a man of science, like anyone in the Academy Academy. He he clearly, you know, did the work. Oh, yeah. He did the work. He did the work. Uh, That is three, two. Florence still in the lead over Sophie's choice as we move on to our next guest, the, the incomparable (laughs) Marcelina Shavira. Incomparable. Okay. uh, I'm Marcelina Shavira. I watched Sophie's choice and uh, bridges in Madison County. And right now we're at the end of this and it's Sophie's choice and Florence Foster Jenkins. And uh, Sophie's choice was so offensive. It was so offensive. But her, oh man. Damn, this is hard. This is so hard. Okay. Sophie's choice was awful and horrible, but her performance was fantastic. Florence Foster Jenkins was, it was a fun movie. I remember watching it at Christmas with my mom. I think it was at Christmas. At some point, during a season with my mom and I watched it and I forgot if it was Hugh Grant or Jude Law that played the husband, but you know, any upper class, vaguely handsome, slimy dude could do that. Um, You know what? No, fuck Sophie's Choice. I don't care if she learned German. I don't care if it was a flawless performance. That movie is trash. So Florence Foster Jenkins will win. you know what? The costumes in Florence Foster Jenkins were fantastic. The uh, the uh, the settings were beautiful. They 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 there were other there were other performances in that. Fuck Sophie's Choice. Fuck fuck all of that nonsense. I don't care. I'm for Florence Foster Jenkins. I don't I don't I don't care that this is insane and ridiculous. <laughs> that death becomes her isn't even being mentioned today at all, et 
except just now that I said it because I had to because I speak truth to power guys and that is I you know ah <laughs> man Sophie's choice was so bad I'm so sorry y'all had to watch it that many times I'm so so sorry <laughs> uh yeah so that's it that, that's my, that's where I am. That's the one I'm choosing. Florence Foster Jenkins is, is Meryl Streep's best performance. Okay. Upset? Is this? Are we? Are we smelling upset here? Maybe it could be. It could be. Oh man! Four-two. Florence Foster Jenkins currently ahead of Sophie's Choice as we heading into the halfway point of the voting. This is um, this is anyone's. Well, it's I. I guess it's all Meryl Streep's game. But yeah, it's Meryl Streep's game. But it's like, but, it's, but any of these two Streep, you know, no, no matter yeah, no matter yeah. who loses, Meryl always wins. Yes, exit. Well, hell, yeah. I mean, yeah. geez, that could have been the subtitle to our podcast. Hey, if any, if anyone, and whoever loses, like Gummer always. Wins. <laughs> yes, to indeed. Live with Meryl Streep. Oh, in their wonderful palatial Connecticut estate. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's palatial. It's I'm palatial. Just, um, I think it's a good guess. It's Versailles. She lives in the Connecticut Versailles. Yep. It's pastoral. pastoral. Um, American our pastoral. next next guest up, the great, the amazing actor, Karina Wolf. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so I literally just finished Sophie's Choice. Um I am mind blown. Like, yeah, completely um, jaw dropped at what she did. Um, the movie is crazy. Her performance is wild. She takes so much um, space. Kind of the like Kramer versus Kramer where she's so in it and she's so focused on the other actor. Like you almost believe that she like doesn't realize she's on set. Um, she's so in the character, but in a much um, grander scale. Like, you know, it gets to live, do a lot more. Um, and I honestly, think that it's one of the best performances I've ever seen and maybe my favorite Meryl so I'm just gonna say that right now <laughs> Florence Foster Jenkins I haven't seen um in a few years um but I just went back and watched a couple scenes it's really fun I think that um it's so brave um especially it takes a lot of courage and guts to be so in your body and okay with um kind of acting a fool and singing so badly when she actually does have a great voice um and it, it, she's just such a joy to watch. She can't give a bad performance. I don't like the movie as much. It's a little silly, but still heartwarming. And um, yeah, she she does a great job, and she's having so much fun. But like, she is uh, like uh, transformed to another dimension in Sophie's Choice. Um, so that is my vote by far. That's another one for Sophie's choice. Uh, yeah, Creed, of course, took it very seriously and looked at, and I genuinely 
wonderful vote, wonderful opinion. Yeah, it's like very earnest. I like an earnest one. In there I like an earnest make... one too. I mean, yeah, I, like they said, up. this show is all about the balance between spoofs and goofs and a genuine, like, beautiful, thought out opinion. I mean, when she came yeah. on, she had just watched Sophie's, as she mentioned, and um, she was clearly still affected by it, which, you know, very, very cool. Very it cool, very I'd nice. say. It's, I respect um, her. <laughs> yeah, I respect her. Yeah. Um, much respect much respect next up the man the myth Kevin Chu yeah hi I'm Kevin I'm 29 years old 5'9 uh, and I am engaged but I'm still looking for love and I um, I am here to cast my vote of course for the best Meryl Street performance between Florence Foster Jenkins and Sophie's Choice, two movies I love so much, have a good opinion on, and, um, you know, my opinion is so good. I think that, um, because I, you know, I've watched both of these films so many times, that I actually think I would love to just take someone else's opinion for this one, just because. Um, so I went to letterbox.com, my favorite movie review site, and I looked at the most popular reviews on both of those movies. Um, and the one for Florence Foster Jenkins is mostly negative. It talks about the Academy being up her ass. So I assumed that it was not good. And the one for Sophie's Choice um, says that the performance is the only redeemable quality of the movie. So I am going to cast my vote here in, in a surprise to everybody, I guess, um, because no one expects me to have an opinion on either of these movies um, for Sophie's Choice, of course. And I hope that the Academy, and I wish the Academy, of course, a very go fuck yourself as usual. So, thank you. Sophie, creeping its way back into the mix. We are tied at 4-4. Oof, oof, oof. This is, uh, well, I, do you want it to come down to us? I don't know if I want it to come down to us. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> really like what an ultimate final twist is us passing the buck on any level of decision making we could show. yeah there, we, we talked about it we do have a contingency plan in set up in case uh it is a tie scenario do not yes. worry someone will win the academy academy award yes yes we will have regrets no matter what oh man so we call, here's my question really quickly before we move forward. Mm -hmm. So you know how we call it the Tooch right now? Like yes. The award for like the best, like, you know, supporting like the Tooch award. So uh, for our second, like, is it just going to be permanently? I think it should permanently be a Tooch. What do you think? You know, I think. Or do we want to like have it be a We different... can think it through because I know that, listen, folks, we're mm -hmm. not going to tell you, but we know who season two yeah is that, we that, and it's a big one it's a big the, one that pies in the oven brother and I'll just put it this way there is a person who's known as a supreme co-star to our choice Ooh. so but let us know on the Acadacad twitter feed if you think we should stay with stanley tucci or if we should theme it if it should be themed around whoever we're covering that season we need to know from you let us know. Hashtag Next, Tooch. We got to get back to this, though. People are on the edge of their seats. We're tied right now, Patrick. Ah, it's 4-4. Ah. Next up, I think it's safe to say 
the bad boy of the Academy Academy, Jesse Esparza. America's little stinker. <laughs> Hi there. Yes, this is my uh, opinion on Florence Foster Jenkins versus Sophie's Choice. Uh, I haven't seen either of them, but I will say I did think that the, the, it was down to Florence Foster Jenkins and Kramer versus Kramer. So I got that wrong. So I was so ready to choose Florence Foster Jenkins just because I'm so against Kramer versus Kramer because I think that was a horrible performance. And I will say I'm a number one Mer Meryl Streep hater and that's fine. But what I forgot to tell you guys is the winner takes it all from Meryl Streep from the Mamma Mia soundtrack was my number one played song on Spotify in 2018. So, again, haven't seen her in that, and I don't know her performance from that movie, but I loved the song. Um, and also, I enjoyed her performance in August Usage County. I think I'm saying that right. But yeah, those were two good performances. But when it comes down to Sophie's Choice and Florence Foster Jenkins, again, haven't seen either of them. And right before this, I jumped onto YouTube to search for uh, Boris Monster Jenkins, and I saw the preview, and it didn't look bad. It looked pretty good. So that's pretty cool. Uh, she plays an old lady who can't sing. I can relate, uh, but she really wants to. So I, I kind of feel that, you know? I kind of understand that, where she's coming from. But I must say, Sophie's Choice is her legendary performance. Again, haven't seen it, but I know about it. I know about it and I think the whole world knows about it because she made it such a huge performance. And I, you know, from the little things that I have seen, I think she is just, you know, uh, silently crying like in Kramer versus Kramer. I can kind of assume that, but I will say, I respect a legendary performance. I uh, have to go with Sophie's Choice on this one, guys. I do have to go with Sophie's Choice. So that is, that is my answer. Florence Foster Jenkins looks pretty good. Will I watch it? Probably not, but you know, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Sophie's Choice. And he comes through again, knocks it out of the park. Vote for Sophie's choice. He just motorcycled away from the damn zoom. Yeah, he blew, and there was an explosion behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Much like it was a very, very she devil esque. Yeah, very she devil esque. Oh man, yeah. Sophie right. taking its first lead mm. at five four. Is it, you know, is the Cinderella story over? I guess mm. would be the question. Is that it for Florence? Yeah. We still have a handful more votes, though. Let's find out. Did, did next bust up, Mr. Douglas. Yeah. Next up, our first guest of the series, way back in the Julie and Julia versus Sophie's Choice episode. Do you remember Julie and Julia, Patrick? Oh man, a vague blur in my brain. Just a mystic dream. Just a mystic Not dream. a mystic pizza or a mystic river. Oh Mind man. <laughs> our next up, Lauren. Sharp. I'm Lauren, you, but you guys already said that. Um, I watched these two movies and they definitely explore a range of emotion, not just for Meryl, the, 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 the 
the, the rat in this experiment, but for the viewer, the viewer watching. And Sophie's Choice obviously carries so much more weight uh, as far as what they're dealing with. Um, you know, you want to put someone in an emotional situation, bam, Holocaust. That's like the easiest. That's like, that's almost like a shortcut. It's just like, I imagine if I were a director and I just wanted someone to feel a sudden emotion, I'd just be like, imagine you're in the Holocaust. Bam, I would be crying. The viewers at home would be crying. The people behind the cameras crying. But what's beautiful about Florence Foster Jenkins is that there's still that raw emotion, that raw passion and dedication that you get from Meryl over something as beautiful, yet more obviously simple than the Holocaust, music. Just music. When when she's listening to that that young opera singer sing, and she's just tears come to her eyes. She's just overwhelmed. She's taken to a new place. We're taken there with her just by looking at her face. And you know, obviously, you're kind of with her in that moment when she has to give up one of her children in Sophie's Choice. But again, that's that's a that's a shortcut. Emotion in a heightened reality is 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 more easily achieved emotion. Whereas I think the nuances that we see from Meryl's performance in Florence Foster Jenkins over something that is oft overlooked in today's society, maybe it was much more popular in the 40s or late 30s, whenever this actually takes place, I don't know. But uh, that's the other interesting thing. These things take place at the same time, but we see Meryl deliver the level of emotion over opera music, over the true passion she's had for this career that no one thinks, no one truly believes she's equipped for, but the true passion that she has for it that drives her to it. We get to see her perform at Carnegie Hall. It's just, it's beautiful. And for that reason, for those reasons that I have listed, I would pick Florence Foster Jenkins as the best Meryl Street performance. Scene. It isn't over. It is not Ugh. over, folks. Foster Jenkins ties it up. Five, five. My goodness. Mon Dieu, mein Gott, all other languages. I am shocked. Oh, I mean, we're we're hearing it from the International Academy Academy fans on oh, this yeah. one. This is. Oh yeah. I mean, it's breaking news. Joe Biden, Jack, is uh, he wants to even weigh in on it. Oh yeah, he's he's voting for uh, the bet. He's giving the Tooch Award to. To Charles Bronson in the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, he said, "Listen, Mac, I've heard less better singers than Florence Foster Jenkins." Listen, listen, Mac. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, fat. Listen, never fat. forget. <laughs> <laughs> listen, fat is so good. It's so bad, but it's good. It's so funny, but it, weird, yes, I know it's weird. A, it's what a weird president we have. Weird somehow. Not as weird as Trump, but pretty still a, a weird. better, a better weird. Still a better weird. Oh, a better I mean, weird, definitely. But like, it is like, dang, we're just gonna. Are we just gonna have weird presidents forever? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah they're only yeah. weird. It's over. Yeah, yeah. it's gone. It's no, over. Nor, no normies in office. Yeah. No norm Not allowed. You give gotta a, be a big old weirdo. Give us a damn normie for once. And speaking of normies, oh. our next guest, the impassioned, the guy who, um, and I believe he takes credit for it may have started the entire Florence Foster Jenkins train. 
Oof, chugga chug. Blake Wilding. Hey everybody, it's Blake Wildage. Uh, I guess I'm here to choose between Sophie's Choice and Florence Foster Jenkins, which is a real uh, tough decision, uh, <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, I'm personally invested in this because I got the hype train rolling for Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, without me, it would be Ricky and the Flash, or Ricky, <laughs> Ricky and the something, I think it's Flash at this point in the competition. So then it, then we would have been comparing like, I guess, client performances, I don't know. Um, between the two, it's tough. Uh, what's the consensus so far? Can y'all drop in and tell me real quick? Do you really wanna know? Yeah, I have my choice, but I also wanna be popular. Okay. <laughs> uh! Okay, I'm gonna let you know right now. This is the first time we're taking place. It's it's uh it's, it's five, all five. tied up. It's tied up. Oh no! <laughs> You're like this is a, this is a, this is a decision. We're gonna be you again, but this is yeah. The fate and it's of the another world. person, so it could end up tied. It could end up tied again. It could end up tied again. The, oh wow! Then we'll have to flip a coin, or oh, <laughs> uh, we might have to call a, a surprise guest. A surprise! A surprise! Ooh. If it ties up, we might have to get a surprise. Our surprise, the commissioner. You have to call. Klein. Yeah, you might have to call her daughter or whatever her name. I, call, I forget yeah. her daughter's name. It's like something dumb. Like Mamie, 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 Mamie McGonagall. 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 McGonagall Gummer. <laughs> Minerva McGonagall Gummer. Uh, I guess okay. Uh, but my choice. Oh man, I think she's better than Sophie's choice. Um. I don't like the movie as much, but the movie's also still really good, so I have to pick Sophie. Even though I win either way, because I, again, you know, created the the train. The Florence Foster train. So everybody should watch it, because I know a lot of people at home probably still haven't watched it. Both are on Hoopla. He may have started the train, but he may be ending the train as well. <laughs> uh, vote for Sophie's Choice, putting it at 6-5. Still anyone's game. We still have, uh, including us, five more votes. So this is not over for Sophie for uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, mind you. And I, I just am concerned because Sophie's obviously has been such... A powerhouse how do you it is like it, it would be the talk of the town if florence uh, wins but it is i mean also... i've already had uh representatives from uh variety and the hollywood reporter mm. give me a call just because they've been hearing rumblings you know industry rumblings that florence had a shot here yeah um, I, had a, I had a visit from uh tilda swinton's character in oh caesar oh yes yeah, she just knocked on my door and you know, tried to get a a, a nice juicy bit, bit of gossip from me, and I was like, "Go!" And I told her to leave. And she uh, Patrick uh, texted me that earlier today. That did happen. <laughs> I te texted that. And I was like, "Hey!" And then I told her to go hassle Josh Brolin, and she yeah. left. It was great. Not it was the wild. character he played. Yeah, just the, yeah. <laughs> the act. It, it was a real reality fictional crossover yeah it was a real last action hero scenario where mm. like clearly it wasn't tilda swinton it was her character 
And yep. it was like, oh, I hope they don't meet. Hijinks would ensue. Yep. Crossing the streams. Ooh, uh, John Rothman yeah. in Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Next up, the erudite. The um, some would say the voice of reason. Put on of your the Academy of a- Academy Academy. Mm-hmm. Graham High. Hey, this is a uh, Graham High. Uh, you may or may remember me from the episode where I uh, taught these guys an SJW lesson about out of Africa and uh, really just examining the plight of women in the earlier centuries. And uh, yeah, I'm a pretty woke with a guy, so you know, you could trust my opinion. Um, ever since then, I've really been thinking about Bridges of Madison County and uh, how good of a movie it is. And you may recall one of my main criticisms was that the the framing of the story with the two kids, the two kids were so insufferable and lame. And I thought otherwise it would be pretty much a perfect movie, which I think is kind of similar to uh, Sophie's Choice and was it Foster Jenkins, Florence Foster Jenkins? Uh, Obviously, I don't know the name of the second film, so you could probably guess which one I'm gonna choose. Uh, But I'm I'm gonna just let it flow for a second. You know, what the hell of it? Uh, it's Sophie's Choice. I mean, I'm just going to lead. It's Sophie's Choice. Uh, it's a messy movie. It's not that clean. But uh, Meryl Streep is doing a great job. She's doing tons of stuff. She's working her ass off. But really, the issue here is Sophie's Choice should not be the winner of the bracket. I think we should all admit that. I mean, Sophie's Choice is great but it's not the best of Meryl Streep's career. I would venture to say that Bridges of Madison County is a better film, more enjoyable to watch. Um, so even with that, I would say, I would vote for Bridges over this. Uh, but the problem with Sophie's Choice is that we're jumping all over the place. It's another framing device. Like, why do we need this narrator telling us a story? Why do we need to jump back and forth? So this is my proposition on how to fix it. We do two parts. We do the first part, World War II and Poland going to Auschwitz. And then after the choice, after that, we dip to black, right? And then we come back from the black. And then we're in, what was it, 1950s uh, Brooklyn, uh, post-World War II. And then we do the second. And then her second choice is between the two men. Obviously, in the film, the two men are not that viable. It's not a real love triangle. There's no competition with sexy Kevin Klein. We all want to have sex with Kevin Klein and Sophie's Choice. There's no reason to believe that anyone would sleep with the guy from Ghostbusters 2. Uh, so we could all agree with that. <laughs> Another fundamental flaw with the film. Uh, but nonetheless, Meryl Streep is acting her ass off. So that's why this deserves a win. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on Jenkins because it was fun. It was well made. Uh, but I'm, it's just not worth my time. Uh, <laughs> it was a nice, it was a nice enough film. It was an enjoyable film. I would, if I saw it on an airplane, I'd be like, "What a good way to spend two hours of my life." Uh, here's a problem with Florence Foster Jenkins. We should be going through the pianist's point of view. Uh, the character was creepy. I didn't like the guy. He was always smiling and being weird. 
it could have been a very cool, interesting point of view into this weird aristocracy. A missed opportunity. Instead, we got some charming performances from Hugh Grant and Meryl Streep once again, but also, do we really care about her? Also, her second character that gets syphilis on her wedding night, you may recall from our uh, Out of Africa. So yeah, she loses her virginity to her, the first man in her life who hands her syphilis and immediately leaves her. You know, great accent work on both of these films, but if this is the choice, and I'm sure everyone's doing a Sophie choice bit, I'm just gonna acknowledge that it's there. This is no Sophie's choice. If it was between the daughter and the son, and the daughter is Florence Foster Jenkins, and the son is <laughs> Sophie's choice, it wouldn't be a hard choice. It would just be like, just take the Oscar bait movie, and at least we can revisit this film for Nestor Alamendros's uh, DP work. I probably butchered his name. And uh, Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein's amazing acting. And uh, there's plenty of chew on it for the ages. Yeah, uh, if you have any problems with this, uh, feel free to talk to Don and Patrick. I will not be taking any questions. Uh, this is the last time I'm going to watch any of these films in my life. Thanks for having me, Don and Patrick. Uh, maybe I'll see you in the next season. Another vote for Sophie's Choice. 7-5 Sophie's Choice ahead of Florence Foster Jenkins as we head into ooh, later rounds if we're continuing on with this boxing metaphor or has, analogy. Has, has Sophie's Choice made Florence Foster Jenkins lose her voice? <gasps> Mon dieu. <laughs> Is that Gerard Depardieu? Yeah, Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> it's his eyes, I'm dying now. That yeah. was uh, yeah. I don't do it well. I I got it. I got to workshop my day par do. Yeah, asterix and obelisk. Yeah, I'm gonna take six months off from work and uh, <laughs> please get really into. I rent a space yep. and uh, work on it, and hopefully I'll come out of this you know a little bit better at a Gerard Depardieu impression. Um, next up. You gotta get to our next our next voter. The terrific, the the Farboard proved it on their episode where they covered Death Becomes Her and uh the Devil Wears Prada far more intelligent yep. than Patrick and I. Makes us look like damn Tweedledee and Tweedledingus. Yeah, if ne uh, like the, frankly like the rest of our guests as yeah. well. But uh <laughs> this one in particular, uh, the great Christina Wu. I don't know, it almost feels like inappropriate to <laughs> compare a movie like Sophie's Choice to Florence Foster Jenkins. Um, I had never seen either movie. I knew what Florence Foster, Florence Foster Jenkins was about and I like have been meaning to see it, but just, you know, it's on the, the long list of movies that you haven't yet seen. And then with Sophie's Choice, I knew that there was a choice about children that she needed to have made, but I did not know that it was 
because she was in the Holocaust. So that was a surprise. I think for me, it, it's sort of a no-brainer. I, I like Meryl in uh, Sophie's Choice. Like she's speaking di three different languages, all with a Polish accent. She has she has to convey so much trauma and emotion and God, like horrible lived experience. I mean, I really enjoyed Florence Foster Jenkins. And I think that the, I actually was surprised. I thought the story, I didn't think the story would be as rich as it was. I think it could have been richer, but like, I'm, I thought it was just going to be sort of about like a poor little rich girl story and it, it wasn't, but yeah, no, uh, I never thought I'd be rooting for Sophie's Choice, but this is where we are. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Eight five, Sophie's Choice. Uh, yeah, as it stands right now, we have one more guest vote, and then you and I. Florence can only tie. Now, is this the end of the miracle run? Is this the, does the dream fade? Does the hockey team lose to the Soviet Union? But I think, you know, I think the only way to really, really sum this up is, you know, some may say, hmm. I can't sing, but they can't say I never sang. <laughs> He did the cadence perfectly. That was great. And it, yeah, I know. <laughs> Speaking of workshopping it. things. That is a character. Keep that in your pocket. Send that to SNL. Oh, that would be wild. <laughs> this like 38-year-old dude shows up and like, my impression is Florence Foster Jenkins, but I'm not making fun of her. It's a very sincere yeah. version. Also, she's on her deathbed when I do this impression. The ending's kind of bittersweet. I don't know if you saw the movie. Not many people did. Actually, um, we, have to, we have to do like a, the Tim and Eric, Tim, Tim and Eric movie bit. Yeah. We're like, we're gonna watch all of Top. Like, you have to like watch Florence Foster Jenkins with Lauren Michaels. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Y'all remember Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie? Oh yeah. yeah. What a the same cinematographer as Black Panther. <laughs> what a weird world we live in. The guy, the lady who did the cinematography for Black Panther and, Ma and This is uh, why you uh this is why you come though to the Academy Academy yep. for when we can we when we can talk about Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie and Sophie's choice. Yep. Within the same sentences. Oh yeah. We've uh, got one more member of the Academy Academy. Rachel Morrison, cinematographer. Rachel just Morrison had to, is just here. Had to make yes. sure, I just had to make sure that was yes. in that. I, I know it. I know it. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Academy Academy favorite. Mm. Nicole Iffen. All right. Well, uh, thanks for bringing me back. Uh, we're in the finals. Uh, it's down to uh, Sophie's Choice and Florence Foster Jenkins. Um, I have seen both of these films. I was on the episode with Sophie's Choice and Devil Wears Prada. This was uh, a surprisingly hard decision for me to make, actually, because Florence Foster Jenkins is, I was crying at the end of this movie. Uh, it was um, a very beautiful movie. I, I, I did not know a lot of the story or anything going into it. Um, uh, but uh, again, Meryl doing Meryl was fantastic in this. And the supporting cast, I thought Hugh Grant did a really good job too. And also the, uh, the kit, uh, her, her accompanist. Uh, 
uh, was, was very good. But anyways, so decision time, trying to keep it short. I think even despite how good Meryl is in uh, Lawrence Foster Jenkins, she because she is very good in it. Uh, I, 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 I cannot get over the sheer actoriness uh, uh, of, of Sophie's choice. So that is my begrudgingly my final vote. I'm giving it to Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, but I will say Florence Foster Jenkins was very good. And I actually think her performance in that was better than her performance in Double Horse Pro. Like, like I, if, 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 if Sophie's Choice and Florence going up against each other, that would have been like in, in our week, the first week, that would have been very, very, uh, I would have still decided with Sophie's Choice, but I think that would have been a way more, uh, that would have been a harder decision. But uh, anyways, yeah, but that's that's my vote. And thank you again for uh, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Wow. That, you know, we're still going to vote, Patrick and I. Yep. We still got to give our final thoughts. Yep. here um yep. gonna say our piece but let's wait and say it out loud until after we voted patrick that was all of our wonderful academy academy members voting though we thank them all for their time and kind of this epic recording session we put together to get everybody involved it was pretty cool to see everybody again as you know and we thank them all and hoped you know hope they're they're all favorites Everyone, if you ask me and all studs. we might be seeing them again in seasons to come uh patch patrick let's hear your final thoughts all right on sophie's choice versus florence foster jenkins um man it's tough it's a little bittersweet too it's like uh because yeah uh, as much as i uh you know I'm kind of happy that I'm no longer have like you know uh, forced to watch these movies again. Uh, I do find <laughs> myself enjoy I enjoy watching them every time I do it. Like I'm like always find something like uh, very entertaining about them. And I was watching uh, Sophie's Choice for example, and something I never noticed uh, when I've watched it in previous times was when Stingo is first like on the bus to New York, there's like a couple making out right next to Stingo on the bus sitting next to him. I'd never noticed that until this viewing. And I was like, how did I not notice that? That is such a great little specific. Like, there's so many little cool specifics like that in the movie that you can find if you, uh, you know, parse the movie and, and comb over it like I have these hundreds of times viewing it. Um, it's clearly a movie you know, that was made with love. And the same goes for Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, you know, a lot of care went into these films. And while, you know, both are imperfect in their own ways, uh, they're, I, I do think the, the Iron Lady episode proves that, you know, I think there has to be a certain level of quality if you're going to move forward to the finals in the main film. Uh, it can't just be, you know, Meryl needs something to work with. And... Her performances in both of these movies are par excellence. Uh, not going to say that properly, refuse to. It's kind of, you know, one is like Meryl at her peak, you know, late era Meryl with full, you know, just she's in total control. 
It's an effortless performance. And it's an, I think it's like an important a performance too that's like underrated. I think it, it, it has depth that a lot of similar performances don't have. I think it has more depth than, depth than the, I love Devil Wears Prada. I love her performance as Miranda Priestly in that movie. One of the, like, you know, an iconic villain. I think that there's more depth in her Florence Foster Jenkins performance. I think like there's like, it's so tragic. It's like this Don Quixote-esque, you know, tale. Uh, but, you know, she's like a little more knowledgeable than Donkey. She like, she knows she's kind of in on it a little bit. And it's just, it's very sad and bittersweet. Sophie's choice is obviously very sad and, you know, just bitter. <laughs> like it's not, you know, very, very little sweet, increasingly bitter. Both these performances have everything. So funny. Like if this had been a closer movie, I was thinking about, you know, there's a part of me that's like, ah, I'd probably vote for Florence Foster Jenkins and like maybe we'd let the, the gods sort this out, you know, if it became a tie. But like the more I think about it, I love Florence Foster Jenkins. And I think that like for what it is in retros in in comparison to what Meryl Streep a- achieves with that movie it's in it's like it's she deserves accolades for it like what that movie could have been and how slight that movie probably was on paper like she she brought in a level of depth to that movie um nobody thought would it's like a type of movie that you would not expect that much depth from but uh, I have to give my award. I'm going to say my piece. I have to give it to Sophie's Choice. It is like the one you would expect it to be. I went in like not liking that. that <laughs> so that's the funny thing. I went in not liking this performance that much too. Like I'll be real. Like the first time I watched it, I thought she was like stodgy. I thought it was like very like t- at times it felt robotic. It didn't like feel like uh, I just didn't connect with it. But the more I watch this movie, the more I realize it's like raw. It's very like scary and terrifying and and there are so many layers to Meryl's performance like her character you know has to speak a different like she's thinking in a different language and she's acting and she's lying and it's like a performance of someone performing on two different levels there's so many things happening in it it's uh and I can't believe and it's so funny if I could go back in time I probably would change my Julie and Julia vote (laughs) I can't, which I didn't think, I didn't think initially, but it's, it's, it deserves it. Sophie's Choice is really good. It's, I give it to Sophie. One more vote for Sophie's Choice. I agree with you on this bittersweet feeling. I think uh, for as crazy and strange as things have gotten, Mm -hmm. I admittedly, pulled out a blu-ray copy of the deer hunter and a blu-ray copy of still of the night and i put them on my coffee table and i'm like oh we haven't watched these yet and i just was gonna watch them still like i'm still not out of the zone the nice. meryl streep zone i kind of want to watch them and post I think, again yeah i mean i think we could go through all the, the hours manchurian candidate which already came up i mean it goes on and on we know that Somebody out there, as we've joked many, many times, is probably screaming, Marvin's room, you assholes. (laughs) Um, But between these two, these are oddly kind of two that sum up both the glories and the frustrations 
of all the movies we've watched. Florence Foster Jenkins is such a pleasant surprise. Like I said, I'm going to watch it with my parents. And I happily, this fourth time through, I knew everything beat for beat that happens in this movie now. And I was looking forward to it. Oh, here's that screwball scene where they wake up after the party and they're running around trying to get not let Florence into the apartment. The party scene where Hugh Grant and Nina Ariane dance. What a joy. All the singing scenes. Every The scene where Florence goes to visit Cosme in his apartment and they have a heart-to-heart. It's just joyous stuff. I mean, like even... One of our guests brought up the whole Cosme, Cosme, where's Cosme? You know, <laughs> it's just a delightful movie and a movie that has extraordinary depth. I mean, for all of its delights, it's a bittersweet movie about misfits who don't quite belong trying to find a spot within and a sincere love of the arts and music. You know, this movie, we've said it many times, this movie could have been a big stinking joke. And it's just not. And it's kind of a miracle, really. And on the flip side of that, Sophie's Choice is a deeply complicated movie that has dramatic highs and lows. It's an imperfect movie. It's an off-balance movie. It's totally a strange movie. But the stuff that sings in it is extremely moving and i've had a real change of heart on some of the stuff i didn't like as much i know in particular i i really like the music now and i really find the music to be kind of fit with the dreamlike tone of it i like the part where kevin klein toasts stingo on the bridge i think it's a moving scene and kind of gives to show kind of the height of stingo's passionate love affair with these two and why he falls in love with them and in particular i want to give a big shout out to my change because this fourth time around i was actually floored and moved by peter mcnichols performance as stingo i know we've given him an extremely hard time over the course of these four months we have told a lot of stingo jokes they were right there but the way he plays it as just he's so innocent in it and he's so young and just seeing his youthfulness compared to Streep and Klein's even and they're both young in the making of this film but he's so young and he's so innocent and open and he's gonna get hurt and it's unfortunate he gets hurt at such a dramatic and tragic way and the at the end i noticed he walks into the pink house we know as an audience that things have not things have gone things are not good and he's so sweaty and he's holding back tears but he's also kind of like a lost little dog in the scene and he goes upstairs and it's a single shot from when he enters the house till he enters the room and I was just watching his face as he was walking out there and seeing McNichols' work preparing himself for what he knows is the worst. And then when they cut to the close-up of him when he enters the room, it's still hitting him like a ton of bricks. But at the same time, him not really knowing how to process the loss 
and a loss that's going to stick with him, obviously, for the rest of his life. He does not get the sexy, flashy stuff in this movie like Klein and Streep does. But he's so important to create the foundation of it and kind of the audience, the surrogate audience member of seeing this story that in the end we have no control over. And we want you, we want Nathan to find some peace and recover. And maybe obviously he's an extremely angry, difficult man with many, many issues. And we want in particular Sophie to find peace. And it's just a tra- because the film's a tragedy just isn't going to happen that way and the film carries this immense complicated weight that i think pakula did probably the best he could have done with with such a big story and that being said uh meryl streep is asked to play three or four different levels simultaneously in almost every single scene she is in the movie i agree fully that Florence Foster Jenkins is a deceptively deep character with many, many things going on that Streep is accomplishing each time out. But the immensity of the messiness that is the Sophie character, all of the different things she has to do and does in an over-the-moon kind of way, everything in this film this is not just probably her most iconic role it's one of the iconic characters of the era in cinema history this is the movie that is going to be mentioned you know heaven forbid the day Meryl Streep passes away this is good this is this is it I mean God bless Florence Foster Jenkins it's going to be a movie I watch many more times in my life than Sophie's Choice but the clear winner, I think, is Sophie's Choice. Damn, yeah. Damn. And, uh, yeah, and Sophie's Choice obviously won yeah. within our voters as well. I think, I agree with you, Patrick, that you don't, like, for the fun of, like, drama and the fun of the show, Yeah. you want something weird to happen. Yeah, 100%. Like, it would have been so wild and interesting to have like a Florence Foster Jenkins victory, but it gotta but be I guess real. The, the thesis of our show, though, <laughs> is kind of like, obvi- and obviously, too, we joke about being definitive, yeah. being scientists and stuff like that. There is no definition there. If you're sitting out there screaming at us that Marvin's Room is the best, yeah, or River just... Wild is the best, yeah, Music or of the Heart, Music of the Heart, Death Becomes Her, and, and yeah. obviously Devil Wears Prada. Um, yeah. You're correct, too. Totally. And in the end, we just have all found ourselves as more appreciative and bigger fans. Yeah, I have such a higher uh, yeah. I have such a greater respect for Meryl. She is one of my favorite actors now. I, I love that I, we watched all of these movies. I love that we discovered yeah. things like French Lieutenant's Woman and things like Bridges of Madison County. Yeah. Defending you know, Your Life. I, defi- didn't, I yeah. didn't ever watch that before. Man, that movie's going to stick with me for a long That's a movie I will watch again. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, congratulations to Sophie's Choice. I think you were the deserving probably all the way through from our first episode i think we probably said it 
Yep. In you got it right, episode. Donald. You said it. You, you <laughs> bet it on Sophie. You bet oh, it on I did. Me. And I <laughs> bet on Julie and Julia like a fool. So it was over in October. You didn't need to listen to any other episode. <laughs> Just listen to the first app and then the last 15 minutes of this one. Yeah. And you're good. But this has been super fun. I hope that everybody yeah. um, enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to keep refining, keep working on it. We got you have no idea how many test brackets and fake seasons we have talked about. We're very enthusiastic about oh, this. Um, There's so many actors. Our next season is going to be a total blast. It is. If you're not into Meryl Street films, you more than likely are into these next set of films because they are on the opposite side of the spectrum. In a lot of cases, but we're excited to cover those as well. Hopefully, discover some new stuff. Yeah, if, um, like, if, if Meryl Streep is Abba, then this one's Guns N' Roses, my friend. I think that's very, very appropriate way of putting it. Uh, um, I'm feeling a little emotional. That was weird. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect to feel emotional. I'm usually an automaton that doesn't feel things. <laughs> <laughs> I um I shut my binder as you were doing your last portion i definitely felt like oh that's it there's nothing left to look at i can do this without looking at anything i know what i feel yeah i know and i i was i teared up toward the end of florence foster jenkins this time around and sophie's choice this time around was the was the most emotional i felt while watching I would say, yeah, for Sophie's Choice, this was definitely, like, the most. This is the first time where I was really like, oh, I feel so in the ending. Man, yeah, I haven't. And, and it's more than just the choice, too. It's the yeah. entire packet. Because it, it, it's Nathan's story, too, and it's Stingo's story, too. Yeah. And, yeah. I, 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 I even felt for Stingo this time. Yeah. Like, just, like, that scene where, like, he's in the room with the brother, and the brother's yeah. like, hey, bud, that person. Oh, I know, he's so hurt. Yeah, and it's and then like he comes in, and then they're both dressed up like you know southern debutantes, and it's just so just brutal. That is such yeah. a brutal moment. What's well, also um, gentle and beautiful oh, that yeah. entire sequence, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that it's a movie that I might not watch it too many times, but I'll it'll cross my mind, and I'll I'll think yeah. about it. it might, yeah, move far away from my mind. Yeah, I might rewatch it again in the future. Yeah. It was so funny because, like, uh, going into recording this podcast, even I was like, "I'm never gonna watch Sophie's Choice ever again." Yeah. You know, smell you later, Sophie's Choice. But uh, I that I'm leaving this podcast thinking I think I might it's this a, year it, rewatch it. It's a haunting story. Yeah, it's, an, it's I think it's an imperfect movie, like we've said, but I think it's a very haunting story, and the performances are obviously like Streep, Klein, and McNichol. Mm. you know probably peaks for all of them in terms of what they're doing and yeah unless uh, you're a huge rv birdman fan and then you like peter Peter mcnichol's performance is that Allie mcbeal at the door oh no oh no Allie, don't throw that cgi baby at me yes the dancing baby's come to kick our asses (laughs) that dancing baby's gonna kick my ass Not again. Uh, you know, give you all a rundown of what we're looking at for the coming weeks on the Academy Academy. The next two weeks after this, we are going to be doing uh, what we're going to be doing between each season, uh, a mini palate cleanser series. 
Mm. We have picked a topic. It has nothing to even to do with actors. It has everything. It's movies, obviously. You know, yeah. we're, t- <laughs> we're talking about like, you know, cooking or whatever here. Yeah, we're not reviewing but, ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be kind of just something for fun that we have joked about. You, we've teased it on a few episodes. You may have a guess what our topic is, but uh, we've already started, you know, we're very excited to share that with you. And then uh, after those two weeks are over, we are jumping into season two right away and got some great guests lined up. We've got some new, uh, new favorites and returning champions. Awesome. I'm so on the horizon. Looking, I'm looking forward to it. And I've uh, just want to say I've given the set fair uh, the award slime, and the set bear is in en route to Meryl Streep's house as we speak mm-hmm. to give to give Streep the slime. We hope uh, you know we're doing Scouts Honor, so if you're listening, Meryl, please just you know take the slime from the bear, slime yourself. You're the winner of this 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 season's Academy Academy. Either don't, way, don't be offended if the bear tries to barter for a, an original gummer. With the slime, uh, the bear's been around us a while. Bear, yeah. is a, bear's a friend, bear's and friend. Uh, it ain't the set fungus, though. Yeah, but they're all aware of how much we want an original gummer. And folks, even though we're not covering Meryl Streep anymore, it's still on the table. Please we still us- want, we still want a dang gummer. Give us a dang gummer. Oh, um, but as the season has gone on, as everyone knows, one of the, one of the. You know, audience favorite bits is our thank yous at the yes. end of the show. But we're gonna do things a little the Academy Academy way today. We're doing some we're doing some regrets <laughs> because we're done with the season. And I don't know about you, Patrick. Mm-hmm. For as happy as I am, and I as much as I feel we wound up on the correct choice, I'm gonna be haunted by a few things too. Yes. Uh, I'll get the ball rolling. Kramer versus Kramer versus the Iron Lady with Jesse Esparza. I made a massive mistake and did not follow my gut. I should have voted for Kramer versus Kramer that episode. I don't believe that changes the results of this tournament at all. No. But I have thought about it because I think Kramer versus Kramer was the superior one. Yeah, real case of following here, but. Yeah, oh, uh, egg on the dang face. Egg on the dang face, it's okay. I've got a, I have my ultimate regret. We've talked about it. You know, no beating around the bush. I'm sorry, Nicholas Farrell. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I gave that teach to the wrong man, Nighy. Here's, here's, here's an Academy Academy challenge. Bill Nighy, if you come on this podcast, we'll do a Bill Nighy bracket. Absolutely. We'd love it if you could make it for every single episode. But if yeah, you just have... one, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Might be, you have to be our guest every episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mentioned a little bit earlier, I regret going so hard on Peter McNichol. Yeah. Uh, in the earlier episodes, I think that um, the nuance of his performance in the wake of the extraordinary heights of Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein gets a little lost in the shuffle. I was wrong. You're, I think you're terrific in the film, Peter. And come on the show and I'll apologize to your face. Or I, your Zoom face. <laughs> I regret 
on yes. the dang bracket. I wish Silkwood was on the dang bracket. And, uh, yeah. We'd probably take off, uh, as much as we do like uh, French Lieutenant's Woman, I do like that's a good movie. The movie's good. And I will watch it again, probably. We'd probably switch out French Lieutenant's Woman for Silkwood. Cause, you know, French Lieutenant, it's, it's a slider film. It's just a slider film. You know, Silkwood is, um, you know, we talked about it on the Mike Nicholson Streep episode. Silkwood's a key streep. It's key yeah. streep. And um, we uh, we blew it. <laughs> we, we donked it. We donked it. A donked. little bit. But it's not a too little, bad. A smidge. A, a smidge. smidge. It's not too yeah. bad. I, I, I still think it would. I still think we'd be where we're at. Oh, yeah. 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 I still think so. I mean, I think I, I think Silkwood prop. I mean, Silkwood could have beaten Iron Lady in the first round, though. That is We're true. We're doing uh, what it should have hit us. Although, yeah, you know what? I'll be real. If that had happened, I think I would have voted for Iron Lady, and then the regret would have been me saying I voted for Iron Lady. I would have. I yeah. would have. Would have been a case of me voting with my butt again. Um, yeah, and I mean, and my final regret is simply to gather thirty-five. 40, I don't know, fil- films, and from, let's, let, let's just go from first to whatever last it is that we didn't cover, I think it's, I believe it is Dear Hunt, uh, Julia, yeah. to Little Women, I'm sorry, oh, man. Maybe, uh, maybe one of you was the diamond in the rough that we didn't count on, uh, Maybe someday we'll do an extreme bracket where we do 64 Street movies and really go crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, this is a bracket. Uh, this is a seed 42 versus 21 uh, mm-hmm. uh, to the Arctic 3D, her narration <laughs> of that documentary, versus Suffragette. Yes. <laughs> and that matchup is going to get ugly. Um... Do you have any further regrets, Patrick? My final regret is I felt like I was a little harsh on Ricky in the Flesh. Ricky, ah. Fle- Ricky in the Flesh is good. I, I take it back. I was, I think I was a little. I feel like that movie uh, was when I watched it. I just I didn't crack with me necessarily. But the more I think about it, uh, the more uh, I love. Like Rick Springfield is so good, and uh, the fact that. Meryl Streep cares for her daughter. The scene I liked the least was the part where Meryl Streep uh, <laughs> was like, uh, you know, standing up. Meryl Streep and Kevin Kline were standing up for her daughter. Uh, I take it back. That's good as hell. You want I like that scene. That, that's like that good. Scene. And I'm so like, you know what? If you're a parent, stand up for your daughter. I considered freezer weed for my scene of the tournament. Ooh, really? Wow. I did. I didn't go with it, but I considered it. That's fair. I, 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 I can I can see, like, any of the bar music scenes. Those are really good. Yeah. I will say this, though, Patrick. I don't regret working with you on this podcast. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to our team, uh, both Invisible and Visible. Hey, that was cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, thank you, uh, Ari Grab for the logo. Thank you, Evan Cox, for the music. Thank uh, you Ev- to all... Um, academy members oh man thank you for uh thank you to the music we've been using the postcards from the edge we've been using that as our background music maybe i might edit this part out uh maybe i should uh should i 
Donald, you can say yes or no, and if you say yes, we'll keep this part in. If you say no, I'll edit this out. NBD. Uh, should I make the the bat the last music for our podcast? Should it be like a hint to who the actor is we're doing next? Should it be like a a hint to our season two actor? I think that that wouldn't be a bad idea. I think I have. I know of a song. Okay, it, it can be a subtle one. It can be a subtle hint. It doesn't have to be like uh, I'm not gonna because there are some ones that could be not subtle. Yes. But but we can do a subtle. We'll talk about. We can talk about which song we choose. I but. think. Uh, but yeah, a little teaser. That's fun. Yeah, fun I like idea. it. A little teaser. Pat, Patrick Remy on ideas, man of the Academy Academy. Oh yeah, I'm on the fly at all times. <laughs> and and uh, unfortunately, my fly is. I was gonna say my flies open. Nope. I'm not wearing jokes on you guys. I'm not wearing shorts with a fly. I'm wearing I'm wearing boxer shorts or gym shorts. I'm not wearing box. I'm wearing gym shorts. He's Jeffrey Tubin. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not Jeffrey Tubin. No hat. Tubin Pete. The Tubin pieces out. As no. they said in Devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best line. We're way too deep. Thank you all for season one. This has been quite a time. I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with it. Oh, yeah. How it's all gone. I hope you all have enjoyed it. Um, thank you. This has been the Academy Academy. Thank you, and have a wonderful, have a wonderful day. Sophie's Choice. Brewing at D and D. Wow! Al Pacino.
Al! It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, who are lucky light. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl. I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. 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 Dunkachino.